0: Hey, I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, Make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that, man. It all starts with a powerful melody. Check it out today. It is absolutely worth the investment. The Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. Hey, let's get to the show. this is swim success with music yeah! Yeah! this is success with music and this is walt your music coach your don't like crap rangooner your kazoo auto tuner zip, zip, zip. yo let's dive in As always, I appreciate you tuning in to the show. Do me a huge favor, subscribe to the podcast right now. Do me a bigger favor, a huge favor, and share this podcast with the musicians that you know. My hope is that we can become better together. Hey, so today, before we jump into our main topic, as usual, I want to talk about something fun and interesting Today, maybe less fun, more interesting, and um, unfortunately, this is a sad story that I have to bring to the to the podcast today. So, I was told a special musical friend of mine is dying, and that musical friend is the MP3. The MP3 has been around since the late 1990s. Uh, the MP3 single-handedly punched CDs square in the face, causing CDs to drift off to the back of the museum like dodo birds, dinosaurs, and unicorns of the Serengeti. And yes, unicorns were real. Look them up. But now it is the MP3 that is also being pushed to the back of the museum. They're going away. Did you know this? And actually, I didn't either. Uh, Apparently, there's a uh, an organization out there called, it's called Fraunhofer Institute of Integrated Circuits. It's a German research firm that owns the rights to the MP3. Apparently, this company has recently decided not to renew the patents held on this familiar technology. They held a patent on this, uh, on the MP3. Again, a fact I did not know. So this organization has decided not to renew their interests in the MP3. And as many of you know, the MP3 came to fame due to its ability to reduce the size of high quality audio files by up to 95%. And of course, reduction in size means we're all able to send audio files pretty easily, share online. Streaming is made a lot more simple. So, what gives? Why in the world would this institution decide not to retain its stake in the trusty old MP3? Well, MP3s are prepping for the pearly gates because of new technology, specifically Advanced Audio Coding, also known as AAC, and the emergence of MPEG-H Encoding. There are some other file formats out there, but these two may be taking over pretty soon. These particular files offer higher audio quality at much lower bit rates, and that's as compared to MP3s. So that means smaller files, bigger sound, quicker delivery will only lead to the ultimate demise of the MP3, hence the reason why the Fraunhofer Institute opted not to renew the rights the patent rights for the mp3 so when you go home the night and you see that mp3 you hold it tight and you tell it how much you appreciate it it won't be around forever it's all good man we can pull through this but with that in mind let's turn our attention to our topic of the day let's talk about music gear so Me as a musician, I'm I'm always on the hunt for something new for my studio, new to upgrade my sound, what have you. You guys are probably in the same position. One of the things that has irked me over the years, really has gotten on my nerves, is music equipment is so ridiculously expensive. I mean, it's crazy. So one of the things that I do, and you guys most likely will do the same, or do the same is I look for music equipment or gear from other sellers. So many of you are aware of these um apps that you can use to you know buy stuff from local private sellers. And this can be a phenomenal resource. I uh once got a crazy good deal on some studio monitors. I mean, I got the most I mean, man, this deal was phenomenal uh on on, on the on the set of speakers. But I was on one of these apps recently and I am out there looking for a bass guitar. I'm I'm thinking I want to grab a five string as opposed to the, uh, the four, four string that I have right now. So after looking around for a while, I come across this one bass guitar. I'm like, wow, you know what? This looks kind of, you know, awesome. And I look at the price. I'm like, whoa. All right. Maybe lightning will strike again. Man, this price seems really, really low here's where I'm going with the tip today. So as I looked at this, I wanted to reach out to the guy selling it, but I thought, you know what? Something was bugging me about this bass guitar. So I looked at the description of the bass. I took the, you know, some pictures that took the picture and kind of just, you know, zoomed in on it and started to search online. And when I did, I realized that, I was actually, if I were to buy that bass from this guy, this secondhand bass, I was going to get ripped off because I could have found the same bass guitar online for less money. What in the world? So let's get into a few rapid fire tips for you as it relates to my experience here. When you are buying gear from a private seller online, make sure that you get a full description of the the item specifically the maker and model go online check that out type that name into one of your you know favorite shopping places online just to see what the retail price is on that item find out how far they are actually coming down on the price in my instance this guy actually was charging more Then what uh, a, a new bass guitar would cost if I bought it online? At least I would have a warranty and someone to cry, you know, cry to if I had some issues with it with a private seller. Guess what? I would just, you know, be out of luck. Second, I would recommend that you, if the seller does not provide clear, multi angled pictures, ask for them. So in other words, if you just get this one shot, of, you know, let's say you're, you're trying to buy a keyboard and they just show you the top shot. I wanna see the side, I wanna see the back. I wanna make sure that there are no major gashes or damage to the instrument. And that happens a lot, right? So make sure you get multiple clear pictures and not those factory pictures. What I mean by factory pictures, sometimes people will say, hey, I'm selling X, Y, and Z gear. They go to the manufacturer's website And they'll just cut and paste the pictures from the manufacturer's website, which, of course, looks all super awesome. They were done professionally. And I'm thinking that's not what's in your house. It's a representative. It's it's representative of what you have in your house. I want to see the actual gear. Did you spill coffee on it? Is there damage? Is the paint peeling off? I want to see that stuff, not the 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 pretty. Perfect pictures from the manufacturer. All right. Next, if you decide that you're going to pull the trigger and actually buy something from a private seller before ever meeting this person, I always prep this person and I tell them this. Hey, so when I get there and this this applies to electronic stuff primarily. Hey, when I get there, I want to be able to turn it on. I want to plug it in bring whatever you need that's related to testing out that gear. But I always make sure that I communicate this to the seller that, Hey, I expect to turn this on and empower it up to make sure it works. The point of doing this is you're basically putting this person on notice that you are looking for, for full functionality when you power, whatever that thing is up. But when you do this, Ahead of time, that that signals to the seller that you are going to be doing a very close inspection of that gear. And if something is wrong, it's at that point that seller most likely will divulge anything that may be wrong hidden from those pictures that we uh, were asking for. All right. And last thing, watch out for weird stuff uh, online. I mean, really weird stuff. So so let me go back really, really quickly. So I mentioned earlier that I got a deal on studio studio monitors. That is true. But sometimes prices out there may go beyond belief in those for those situations. I am very, very cautious. You know, you've heard about people, you know, driving to weird parts of town, having cash in hand only to find out. uh, No, this person actually does not have the gear. And yes, they do want to rob me and punch me in the face. So just be careful about that stuff. If you find something that's too good to be true, someone weird out there may be trying to, um, you know, get you to do something that may be inappropriate. One more story. So I once saw some really high end music software online. This read, this music software usually retails around $700. I mean, this is some high end stuff. It had all of the bells and whistles and plugins and, and sounds and everything else the price <laughs> it was like fifty dollars and I'm thinking oh this got to be a typo I'm thinking is it is this some person that had an unopened software and they decide to walk away from the music business I was just trying to figure out okay what what is up with this super super duper crazy discount so I called the guy talked to the guy talked to the guy and I went back to those pictures that I talked about. And the more I looked at those pictures, I thought, hmm, that picture looks weird. I then went online and I went to uh, somewhere like Amazon and looked for the same software. The box was totally different. This guy, he was, of course, <laughs> I learned that he was selling pirated software and just putting it into some silly DVD jacket and printing out his own makeshift Label for the the software package, as it were. so the point being is that I went in as a huge skeptic again, how can someone sell seven hundred dollars software at fifty bucks? It maybe it wasn't wise for me to call the guy in the first place. I mean, I should have known that someone selling software at fifty bucks when the retail price is seven hundred dollars is a massive red flag. but Whatever, you're at least uh, learning from my ridiculous um, hope at that time. So today's episode has been a number of tips all wrapped into one. I want to give you a bonus tip with respect to what we've talked about today. And this bonus tip is brought to you by Jingle Money. Jingle Money is a book about the jingle business. You may not know it, but earning thousands of dollars writing music for commercials is a very plausible avenue. So You don't have to live in some big major city like L.A. or New York to get this done. You can make money right there in the city or town that you live in writing jingles. There's a gold mine in your backyard that you don't even know about. Find out how to tap into it by reading the book Jingle Money. You can find it on Amazon. You can also get an ebook version of Jingle Money. Check it out online. It's Jingle Money. All right, so let's get to that bonus tip. So, we talked about how to navigate buying equipment from a private seller. Here's one more thing I would like to add to the things that we talked about today. When you go online, And let's say you find a person selling something and the price is legitimate. There's nothing evil or nefarious about what's being offered. Take this final step. As we talked about earlier, get the maker of the equipment, get the maker's name, get the model number of that equipment. Look it up. Make sure there are no systemic problems with that equipment. Go read reviews from people that own that equipment. I once owned an audio interface Come to find out that the manufacturer had a soldering defect. Over time, the soldering became brittle and eliminating one of the inputs for the device. Apparently, this was a widespread issue and everyone started to complain. Overall, it seemed as though the item would function except for this one or two channels. Over time, this item would eventually just give out altogether. So do your homework. Make sure that you're not buying something that will eventually give you problems down the road. Some people are, unfortunately, aware of a defect in their item that they're selling. It may be functional right now, but they know that they want to offload this item because they know doomsday is coming. Don't be left holding the bag. Take that extra step. Look for manufacturer issues with products. Look out for problems that are widespread with the equipment that you are buying. And if you do, guess what? You'll be more successful in purchasing equipment from private sellers. Hey, do me a huge favor. If you're learning something, please go ahead and give me that super awesome review. And remember, I want to answer your questions. Go ahead and send them to Ask. At successwithmusic.com dot com, ask. At successwithmusic.com dot com. This has been Swim Success with Music. This uh. just gets old.
1: I know there's gotta be
0: a better way for me in this life. That is my dream. Here's to our.